0: Two, three. Welcome to another episode of the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. Today is a, uh, a different type of episode. You know, I've done about uh, 10 to 12 episodes. I actually don't keep count. And um, I've been the only person speaking. So if you've been along with me on the ride so far, uh, you're just used to me. But today is different. Today's episode, I have a, uh, a something very different. I'm actually introducing a guest guest. He also runs a podcast, and he is an expert in advertising. And I'm really glad because while I have actually worked with the advertising API and developed around it, I am not an expert in terms of how to use it. I I think there's a lot of ideas and strategies out there. And so um, uh, this is Michael uh, Erickson Fasin, and he has his own podcast, The PPC Den. And he has—he actually—he's built a platform for uh, optimizing advertising. That's pretty impressive. Uh, the platform is called Ad Badger. So, Michael, welcome to the show.
1: It is great to be here, Scott. Thanks so much for having me.
0: And I've got plenty of questions for you, and uh, who knows where we end up. But I do know that I'm—I uh, was telling Michael earlier that like I'm excited to ask these questions because because I'm just not an expert in how to use these things. I know the mechanics behind it. I've you know automated bit adjustments and and, and gotten in the weeds. But in terms of using it and seeing uh, long-term effects of how it can. Uh, become a engine for, you know, growing your Amazon business. I, I'm not this, uh, I, I, I don't know everything. Okay. So, um, what got you into you, Michael, what got you into Amazon advertising?
1: Yes. Uh, so, you know, the word expert gets tossed around a lot. It makes me a little nervous uh, what I like to say instead, uh, I am just a guy who spends a lot of time working on Amazon advertising and I think about it a lot and I try to learn as much as I possibly can. Um, so with all that said, like the reason I mention that is because like that like drive to learn as much as possible ab- about something uh, is part of the reason why I find paid traffic so exciting. Um, so I've been optimizing Amazon ad campaigns for about six, seven years now. Uh, I've been optimizing Google ads for about three more years, so about ten years on Google ads. And really, like deep in my core, like w- when I was you know in middle school and high school and college, I was a really deep real-time strategy computer gamer. I was like playing Starcraft 1, Starcraft 2, Warcraft 2 and 3. I absolutely loved these games. And honestly, working on paid traffic campaigns and thinking about paid traffic strategy scratches the exact same itch for me. So constantly learning about something new, you, you know, that that's like similar to patch notes in a software like a game like oh we bounced these characters or something like that. I love that part of it, reading the updates, seeing what the new things are, and then it's like how are you going to use these new things to outsmart and outcompete your competitors? That's the exact same thing as like, you know, there's only so many resources on the map, you got to move faster to
0: yeah. outpace.
1: Uh, <laughs> I love it. Same thing.
0: We're we're on the same page and it actually sounds like we have a similar history in gaming. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> not to get on a detour, uh, but like put, I, I, I played StarCraft Two just last week. I was like, it's been a few months, and, and, yes. I, and I jumped in. And all
1: right, I got to ask you this though: What is your preferred <laughs> uh, race—Protoss, Terran, or Zerg?
0: I'm best at Terran. Okay, uh, then. All right. Well, uh, not to out ourselves as too big of nerds, uh, <laughs> but. Um, I, I can agree that, you know, sometimes, you know, doing software development or specifically, you know, on Amazon, it can give you that same uh, thrill. That's awesome to hear. Uh, that, that's how you see how you got into it. <sighs> For sure. um, here's, here's another curveball question it's really easy to spend some time uh, learning about Google or uh, these advertising platforms. And you see these other people that like, are so-called experts and they want to like, you know, teach you, or like, you'll see some very link bait type of posts where they say, do this one thing and, you know, and these results. When you first see those, um, are you curious or you're just like, I know this guy's just selling me something?
1: You know what, when I first started my career, I literally went to the internet, uh, like my digital marketing career, I literally went to the internet and typed in how to make money online. And you can imagine the type of, I don't know if we can swear on the show, but you can imagine the kind of uh, rubbish that you find when you make that search. And I just remember, you know, because at, at first, you're like, wow, look at all these amazing things. This is so incredible. And then after a while, you know, you sort of make it out through the other side. And you're like, whoa, those claims were super duper overblown. Um, so it's always been my style because of that, like remembering the early days of me learning about digital marketing. I try to be not sensational. So I try to keep things conditional. So like these things work most of the time, these things work in these kinds of situations. I always try to avoid like, here's this one simple trick that all all you need to quadruple your sales in three hours. Um, Stuff like that definitely turns me off. So try to keep everything as data driven and uh, experiential. You know, we actually did this in this situation um, just to keep things... Real, because I think there's so much uh, survivorship bias or confirmation bias, where somebody did one thing that they may not even realize what their X factor was. Um, You know, I I saw this thing. uh, Somebody was talking about a funnel that they had that was so successful and. It, you know, And it's like, all you have to do is copy this funnel and then you'll have riches too. And then you go and you look at the funnel and you find out that they already had 200,000 followers, that they had a really popular influencer, that they were going after a very soft, easy market. Uh, yep. So always try to look at the conditions, like what were the conditions that actually led to this? Try to yep. keep things, you know, I'm a big fan of like do, sober you know digital marketing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you know what that makes me think of is that, uh, you know, people want to not have to think critically anymore. Mm. They want to like, they want their, their problems solved. So like, you're like, Oh, I do this one thing on my advertising and that problem is solved. But like, there's so much, uh, changing variables yep. that, um, kind of what you're saying is like, you, you do have to condition things. You're like, well, in this scenario, this can, this can work. Right. Um, and you kind of have like a lot of principles and ideas and, uh, there's no guarantee mm-hmm. because the, the world is changing. I mean, uh, what people spend in advertising today on Amazon it, it just completely dwarfs what people were doing four years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So clearly the same strategies are not going to work well. Um, okay. Let's move into some specifics. And, uh, so if you had, you know, today you know, 2019, it's different than uh, 2015. Uh, mm-hmm. If you had one skew that you were going to execute a perfect ad strategy for, like, what what would you do? What are the kinds of things that you consider? Do you have a lot of campaigns? Do you... Uh, t- so go through us. Tell us that.
1: Right. Uh, so the first condition that needs to get placed on here is, of course, good product market fit. Um, you know, the easiest campaigns to run are ones that the product is... So when you have that very first product and you are getting started, uh, I'd like to do sort of like pre-ads work first. Uh, And this involves, you know, to stick a condition on any ads strategy, it always assumes that the product is well optimized and has good product market fit. Uh, Amazon likes to call this retail readiness. Uh, And essentially what that means is that it's a product with an engaging image, with the right title, with all the right descriptions, with a good star rating, competitive pricing, you know, all the things that we as shoppers like to look for when we're comparing products on Amazon. So as long as uh, retail readiness is established, um, that's really the first step even before we enter the ads arena. Once we do enter the ads arena, uh, really the first thing to keep in mind is that there's two engines that you want to run in tandem anytime you're running any kind of pay traffic, really. You have your discovery or sort of research engine where you're trying to cast a really, really wide net. And then you have your sort of your other engine, which is sort of direct winners, sort of taking the things that convert really well that you found in that net and then amplifying them. And then, of course, getting rid of the things that you caught in your net that you don't want, that things that are irrelevant or unprofitable. So with that twin engine strategy, what how does that translate into actual campaigns on Amazon? Well, that easiest, most simple way to do research uh, in your ads account on Amazon is an auto campaign. So you start that auto campaign, and then I like to look for a couple things. The first is a competitive click-through rate and a competitive click through rate. You know the average click through rate is about 0.3% on an automatic sponsored product. So looking for a 0.3% ish, you know, give or take a little bit. Looking for a click through rate that's at least over 0.2%. So when you find that click through rate that is high, then we can move to the next step. But if it's not, what you really want to ask yourself is is my product well optimized? Does Amazon understand my product well enough that it's showing me for relevant searches, suggesting me for relevant products? That's the first thing that we wanna ask ourselves and that's where we spend our time if we have a low click-through rate. Uh, It can also mean if we have a low click-through rate that people just, they see it, maybe they are showing up for relevant things, but for some reason people just aren't clicking on it. So if you do have a low click-through rate, you want to be evaluating all the product data for that uh, particular product, the, You know the keywords, the titles, the description. And then you also want to look at all of the factors that make people click. Uh, maybe it's the image that isn't clear, or maybe you need more, uh, more impressive star rating. So whenever I first get started, launch that auto to just establish some baseline click-through rates. And then, of course, the second part, the second engine, peeling everything out that converts, sticking it into a manual, and then blocking it from triggering in the auto. So that's a general gist of how to get started uh, I, on Amazon, yeah. things to look for.
0: That, that was a lot. What I really like, yeah. at, no, at no point did you like give like one benchmark, you're always thinking holistically mm-hmm. that, you know, if you see something like a low click through rate, you did give one benchmark. That's, uh, int- uh, people could work with like 0.3%, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if it's lower than that, like maybe it's not relevant. Right. And if it's above that, then I clearly, this is, uh, a, a, something that people are looking for. That's, uh, yeah, the, I, 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 what I love is we're not stuck in the weeds here. We're always thinking big picture, For sure. Uh, uh, and, everything's and,
1: connected on Amazon.
0: Right. And even when you're thinking of like a keyword, you're like, well, is this keyword really what people are going to convert with? That's, the, the, uh, but the, the auto to start into manual, uh, that's a pretty standard approach. And it's, yep. it's kind of a, I do, Amazon has built a good engine for that. You know, mm-hmm. their auto campaigns, um, they're effective right. at, uh, and then you, you did, uh, say another that like, you know, if Amazon doesn't understand what your product is, then maybe your uh, auto will be less effective. So what would you do if you weren't, uh, if you felt like Amazon didn't understand what your product is, would you go into keywords or? Yeah,
1: you know, I um, was just talking to someone, uh, you know, they signed up with AdBadger and they launched their auto and I'm looking at it and they had so many impressions, but their click-through rate was like 0.0 something, like really, really way, way below average. And it was really perplexing. And I was like, you know what? Let's take a look at your back-end keywords of the actual product. Uh, Let's actually read the description of this product. And it it was something like, uh, this isn't it, but this is uh, analog, because I always like to anonymize whatever I was talking about. Um, You know, it was like party supplies for a six-year-old birthday party. And then the back-end keywords were like celebration, celebration. materials and it was it was kind of related, but like you, you know it's, it's kind of like they not a lot of thought actually went into them uh, like it wasn't relevant towards the actual product so you can imagine that if you if you have something very specific like party decorations for a six year old bir- boy's birthday party you don 't want to be showing up for generic celebration materials um, so there was just loads and loads of uh, Sort of useless impressions, you know, impressions where, yeah, sure, maybe it was, you know, sort of like a loose match. Uh, Maybe it was kind of related to what the people were searching, but it just wasn't going to get conversions uh, or clicks, and that's the big thing. Um, So yeah, looking there is a nice and easy place to start.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, you always want to target your audience correctly, and if you're if you're Mm -hmm. serving up ads to people that are, you know, celebrating New Year's celebrations. That's not going to work for a six-year-old party.
1: Right. And can I tell you this? Uh, So that's happened a few times, right, Uh, over the last year or so. Every single time when I ask, like, hey, how did you get these keywords in here? Like, oh, the person who set it up for me just threw them in there, I'm like, whoa. Um, So I don't know, you know, just I think they were just going to Upwork and um, grabbing some keywords and throwing them in there or like having someone just sort of blast through and create the listing. So. yeah, I mean, are, this is this is a sidebar, you, but yeah, yeah, go ahead.
0: yeah. And, and on that sidebar, are you usually focusing on the uh, the search terms, or are the bullet point keywords
1: uh, both? I, I mean, why not have everything optimized, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now we have our ad strategy, and we're like trying to figure out how much money we want to put in a product. Mm-hmm. Um, how does advertising? Uh, Effect, because ultimately, like I always want like organic sales, right? How does advertising start to influence those?
1: Right. So this is, this is perfect. This is such an interesting topic. uh, And it's kind of like an onion as you peel back more and more, you learn more and more. So it's funny when you first get started on Amazon advertising, uh, when people normally do, there's an intense focus on A cost, which is ad cost of sales. I like to say ad cost over sales because that's literally the formula. So you know, if you're spending $10 to do $100 of revenue, that's 10 over 100 or 10%, 10%. A cost. Yeah. So you know, using that same sort of $100 of revenue, people say, "Well, can I get a 1% A cost? Can I spend $1 and do $100 of revenue?" And then you start to get into the trade-offs. You can sort of say, hey, you know, sure, you can do a 1% A cost. You can spend a dollar, this is, like, all theoretical, but you can spend a dollar and generate $100 of revenue. Or, you know, what if you were to spend $10,000 and generate... You know, a hundred thousand dollars revenue. Well, that's a ten percent A cost. And you know, what would you prefer? You know, ten percent A cost doing a hundred grand in revenue, or a one percent A cost when you only did a hundred dollars revenue. So the first thing to think about is: is lowest, is lower A cost always better? Even without touching organic so just sort of thinking of, of sort of campaign margins you know would it be more worthwhile for you to have a bigger campaign with an acceptable a cost than a micro sized campaign with an incredibly low a cost so that's the first thing to think about the second thing to think about is that what's very different on Amazon than Google ads or Facebook ads you know if I'm bidding on a Google keyword that Google has explicitly said this does not improve your organic ranking for that keyword that you bid on. Uh, Same thing with Facebook ads. You know, if I run Facebook ads, that doesn't necessarily mean if I put out an organic post on Facebook that I'm going to have, you know, better whatever. As
0: as soon as you stop advertising on those, like (laughs) there go your your sales.
1: Mm -hmm. But on Amazon, everything is much more intertwined. Um, If you... Let's say you are bidding on mason jars on a keyword in Amazon. There is a lot of anecdotal evidence uh, pointing to a correlation between, you know, hey, if you bid aggressively on the keyword mason jars, that may increase your organic ranking on that keyword. And because the bulk of anyone's sales comes through organically, it potentially is of your benefit to push your ads more aggressively to basically say, if I can get, you know, 100 sales a day at a 50% A cost, or I can get 50 sales a day at a 25% A cost. The sort of the data says, uh, or, or sort of I should say, the anecdotal evidence really kind of says push it higher A cost, increase your volume because if you do, you're going to feed this positive feedback loop of getting more sales more velocity, more reviews, better conversion rate, that's gonna boost you organically because you're up there organically, you're just gonna get more of all those things that I just listed, and because of yeah. that, you're gonna get more total bottom line.
0: Yeah, no, like, that's why you advertise on Amazon, in my eyes, right. is, is to boost that. So you, you, you hit it right on the head, mm-hmm. um, and...
1: I, I can, I think there's a few more things, like, I can share some of my personal excitement over this concept, um, being able to think about the ratio of your ad spend on Amazon to ad sales directly driven inside the Campaign Manager. So you have your A cost inside Campaign Manager. So A cost is really only one metric that you know, serious advertisers, serious Amazon marketers track on a regular basis. Uh, You want to track your A costs, which you can find in your campaign manager, your ad cost of sales, but you also want to compare your ad spend to your total store revenue and your ad spend to store profit. And the reason why is you may discover trends where, hey, you know, my ad spend went up a thousand dollars. But my total store revenue and my total store profit went up way more than a thousand dollars, so even though my A cost is technically worse, I'm actually making more revenue and more profit, so that's why it's very important because uh, what you would not want to happen is you wouldn't want to only be looking at a costs, not realize that your profits are, are actually going up, and then scale back your amazon ads
0: yeah, yeah. Um... When you were talking about the organic, it really got me thinking about um, th- this is the way that I think about Amazon's, you know, uh, search algorithm. Is if someone types in, you know, mason jars, they're mm-hmm. internally trying to optimize for profit. Right. You know, Amazon's like, okay, someone types in search mason jars. How can I make the most money? How can Amazon make the most money off of a conversion? Right. And so they're going to serve up what gets the highest click through and the highest conversion. And it's it's it it's not more complicated than that. So advertising, you're actually teaching. If you have a good product market fit, you know, talking about the beginning of what you're saying, you're actually teaching the organic to boost, uh, boost itself. And Amazon's like, I know this converts, I'm going to serve this at the top or number two or number three. And, and then ultimately, as you're talking about your ratios, like it will, it will boost your overall sales. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, I, I love what you were just saying and how you outlined it like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, here's the problem that this is like my business has. Sometimes we get drowned by too many products. We have, let's say we have a brand of uh, 200 products with 50 different types. How would you scale that? Mm-hmm. How many campaigns would you run and how would you structure them?
1: Right, um, without using, uh, so, so the first thing I would do is get really good at bulk operations on Amazon. And what bulk operations allow you to do is essentially allow you to work offline outside of Amazon's Seller Central, outside of Vendor Central. You basically work in a spreadsheet. And when you're working in the spreadsheet, what it allows you to do is have a spreadsheet for your products, and then the other spreadsheet is for your campaigns, and then you're just basically copying over the SKUs, copying over the uh, the ASINs, building those in a spreadsheet, You know, using Excel functions to build the names of the campaigns, to build the names of the ad groups, to build the targeting type of, of everything. When you start to get into, you know, 50, 100, you know, Steven on the Ad Badger team like, likes to use bulk files even for tiny accounts of, you know, a few ASINs. But bulk files are a way for you to save the trouble of having to click one at a time, one campaign, oh. click on one ad group, add a product, go back home, add another campaign, so on and so forth. Bulk files allow you to do this as fast as you can use Excel. So I do think that the Venn diagram of being a good Amazon advertiser and having good Excel skills, uh, that Venn diagram is, is, you know, they're touching, they're, they're, they're
0: overlapping yeah. there. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that really actually leads into the next step. You're like, okay, I'm really great at bulk uploads. Is there something I could do more? And that's why, you know, people like yourselves have built uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. So um, there are many people that have never used one before and um, I've given Ad Badger a look, and, and it looks pretty solid. And I even liked the pricing on it, uh, it all things uh, equal compared to others. And uh, so, but tell me, what's the best feature about your platform?
1: Uh, I think it's the actually. I know that it's the bid optimizer. Um, essentially, so much of pay traffic is bids. Uh, you know, because how much you pay per click, what you are paying. For every single click that comes through, if you're paying a dollar versus fifty cents, that could dramatically that, that changes your A costs by hundred you know by a factor of hundred um, percent. So thinking about how you set your bids, trying to set your bids mathematically exactly what they should be, that's exactly how we designed our bid optimizer. So if you think of the way that most people optimize their bids, Unfortunately, most people probably don't optimize their bids. You know, they let them go for weeks on end, because you know, if you have two hundred products, you may have oh, you're going to have maybe six hundred ad groups potentially.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Going into every single one, and you know, you might have you know six hundred ad groups. Maybe you have you know thirty six hundred keywords. You know, you might have loads and loads of things there um, that it's going to be very difficult to optimize all of them manually. So then maybe you can use a bulk file. Uh, but then even that, how often are you going to do that? Are you going to do that every single day? Um, so math is definitely something that computers do better than humans. So that's exactly what we wanted to build in Badger. Basically say, if you were able to optimize your bids every day manually, if you were able to stop time and have unlimited time to just go and crunch the numbers the exact right way, what would that look like? That's what we built Ad Badger for.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, no, you, the, to me, like it, it sells itself, it, it, especially when you think of scale mm-hmm. and, um, clearly I do think any Amazon advertiser should understand the underlying principles that we've talked about already. Uh, you know, like product, like anywhere from like, you know, like, uh, to think holistically about a product and how you can like, uh, create a campaign and, and you should have a little bit of experience. And then the moment you're ready to like scale that, if you are right. managing a large selection, you know, you really want to bring in, uh, what a computer does best. Mm -hmm. And so that's awesome. Um, now here's a few nerdy questions because I have actually, uh, optimized some advertising just through, uh, programming. Um, Mm -hmm. so on Amazon, it can take a day or two for like all the attribution and for like the, the, the data to settle. Uh, where, like, you know, if you look at what you spent today, it'll show you $10. You mm-hmm. come back in a day, it'll tell you, oh, that $10 actually got you, you know, $50 in sales. Yes. Um, how do you feel about that? And, and how, like, how does that allow or does that limit what a, what a bid optimizer can do?
1: Mm, yes. Well, the first question you asked was how I feel about it, and it drives me freaking insane. Um, <laughs> you know, to, to have a data delay... You know, it's, it's, you know, potentially fine, right? You know, there's so much data that needs to get processed and put into a database somewhere so that you can see it. Maybe I get it, but we're talking about Amazon tech giant. Uh, Couldn't we get our data a little bit faster? Uh, You know, Google ads, it's pretty good hour by hour. Uh, Really? Yeah. You know, there's some data loss, but I mean, for the most part, you're getting the majority of it hour by hour. Um, yeah,
0: um, I, I believe, I mean, there's probably uh, 10 different reasons that we could come up with. Right. I, I believe one or two of them is to find out, like, they don't want to make sure uh, that, you know, something's fraudulent, you know, that uh, they're verifying the payment of that product. That's why when someone buys something, it actually takes a few hours for um, to go from a pending purchase to, like, actually in mm-hmm. process. And right. I have to imagine, like... like You're right. Like Amazon, they know technology. Why don't they have it immediately available? It has to have some like outside constraints that are forcing Mm -hmm. their advertising to act in the way that it is. That's very nice. That's very
1: nice of you to to think that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot.
0: Yeah. It's frustrating.
1: mm -hmm. Definitely frustrating. Um, So, you know, the second question, the second part of that question was essentially, well, well what do you do with it? Uh, and it's really, you know, the way to answer that question is what would you do if you were sit, literally sitting in front of your computer 24-7 waiting for the data to roll in? So the first thing you'd want to do is be sure that the data has been, you know, finalized. Uh, Amazon, so we use sort of Amazon's own number to wait uh, until we make any changes. And then we actually add a few hours just in case there's some more data that needs to wait to roll in. Um, so we do that. And then truly what the, the whole engine that the bid optimizer, uh, what we call bids by Badger, is essentially what is the historic value of this? And let's use that as a predictor of the future value of this keyword. So are sales slowing down over the last few weeks or are sales kicking up over the most recent weeks. Uh, historically, it does blank, you know, X conversion rate or, and X revenue per click over a 90 day time frame. But what about a 14 day time frame? Are we trending up or down? Let's factor that in so that we can best predict what the next click's value will be and then base that off the, uh, you know, customer's target KPI. So if they want to spend 50% of their uh, ad revenue on ads, then let's set their bids to, you know, be 50% of the expected value and so on. So it's all about looking at the data that you do have and using that as a future predictor uh, of what is rolling in.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree completely. Uh, uh, I mean, that's really a lot to think about. Um, So I have seen out there some uh, people make uh, this case that like we do hourly bid adjustments, you know, for, uh, our bids, what do you think about? I personally think that like, like that doesn't really, you, you can't really do that because of just the limitations of Amazon is not feeding you what the results mm-hmm. of that adjustments are. You won't know the results for at least a day or two. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've always said that like hourly bid adjustments are kind of like, that's like marketing speak.
1: Mm, yes. <laughs> um, so essentially, you know, bidding by time is really smart. Like, it's definitely something that everyone should have on their thought process of because you know, people behave differently. Maybe if it's seven a.m. versus seven p.m., whatever it might be. Um, that being said, it is cost per click based so you even if someone even if the traffic volume is lower in a particular time of day you know 2am versus 2pm versus 7pm you know it's not really the traffic volume amount, it's the conversion rate. So, you know, if it's maybe early morning traffic, you may just find that, you know, there's a lot of people kicking the tires and, you know, just searching and, you know, maybe they're not that engaged. Whereas 7 p.m., people are home, they're like ready to shop and the conversion rates are much higher. So bidding respected, bidding in relation to the, the conversion rate and the revenue per click, the expected value of every click is definitely something that is serious and should be, and definitely not marketing speak. However, you can only use the data that's available to you. So if we think of week parting, splitting the week into parts, you know, bidding differently day by day, you actually could do that because you do have historic data on how your Tuesdays have performed. Uh, but of course, you know, how much data do you need to make a really good statistical significant judgment call for Tuesday right. as opposed to Wednesday? So there is some size. Uh, limitations, but that being said, you know, if your conversion rate on one day is bigger than the next, uh, you know, Tuesday versus Wednesday versus Saturday. Yeah. Well, I plus, was,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, really, I was also talking about like day parting,
1: someone, uh, hour by hour.
0: Yeah. Hour by hour. Say like, you know, you have your data and you're like, okay, Based off of what I know, I can raise this bid 20 cents, and then you wait two hours, and you're like, or an hour, and you're like, okay, now we just raised it 20 cents. Okay, this data's coming in. Now I need to lower it by 10 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's possible.
1: Right. It's only because you don't that, that there's no report that you can pull from Amazon that tells you what your conversions were, uh, conversion rate was on an ad campaign any by any hour. And right. when that data is available, I think it's going to be really valuable for everyone out there. Uh, but until then, you know, what are we basing it off of? Uh, a lot of right. times, pe- people like base it off their gut. Like, oh, it feels like in the middle of the night, my clicks aren't as valuable. And I mean, that's a perfect example of what we talked about earlier in the episode, where it's kind of like confirmation bias. They feel a particular way. They take a particular action. And then maybe they feel like it worked. but. There's no way to confirm that what your conversion rate is at two a.m. versus two p.m. So anything, it, it's very difficult to draw those dots uh, in a yeah. really statistically significant way. So that's that's a that's throwback to what we talked about
0: earlier. Well, we've uh, covered a lot, I and mean, yes. I mean, like <laughs> the, the there's some things that I learned and can definitely speak to those that are trying to become. Uh, experts of this area of advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I do know is that your podcast is called the PPC dead. And that's all you talk about. That's pretty nuts. And (laughs) I've listened to a few episodes and I, um, after hearing you talk and they started setting the framework, I'll definitely be listening to your first episodes.
1: Awesome. Scott.
0: I love, uh, hearing, uh, I mean that you're not like saying like a one size fits all. It's just teaching you how to think about this. And so, thank you so much for uh, diving in and answering some of my questions, albeit some of them might be a little bit too detailed than is actually necessary to execute a good good campaign. Um, so, uh, yeah, I am this is the first time that I've had a guest on, and
1: it's a privilege.
0: Uh, and yes. Yeah, uh,
1: you know, and right back at you, the <laughs> episode that you were on for us, I thought was amazing. I learned a lot from you. So thanks so much. I'm happy that we got introduced. This has been great. Yeah.
0: No, for sure. And especially since uh, we have a StarCraft background. Yes. That's probably what got us all into this. Into, <laughs> that's right. To geeking out on computers to, to change the world. Yes. One click at a time. <laughs> there or, um, you go. Well... Um, if uh, anyone out there is uh, is uh, curious, you can always uh, listen to this podcast and uh, check out Ad Badger. I know I'll be giving it a look and um, uh, share this podcast if you, with others if you uh, are so inclined and uh, love growing the audience. So thank you uh, so much for your time and uh, look forward to seeing what happens in the future. All right. Take care. One, two, three. <laughs> This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.